Hey there, thanks for joining us for Markham's latest podcast series, Invisible Strength Next Level. In this series, we're exploring a wide range of construction industry topics and issues. Our guests are all experienced with hands-on real-world challenges. If you're involved in construction, infrastructure, or even asset maintenance, we reckon there'll be something here for you to take away. So, let's get into it. Well, good day, everybody. Great to have you listening today. And welcome to another segment of Markham's Invisible Strength Next Level podcast. It's great to have with us today Martin Prestige from Durastruct. Those of you who know Markham will know that Martin will have been fully on the team and he's branched out his own uh, in the infrastructure remediation and maintenance space, uh, which is a fairly high-profile game in some quarters. Martin, welcome aboard. Yeah, good day, everyone. Good to see you again. Thanks for having us along. Yeah, that's great to have you. You want to give us a bit about your background and what uh, Durastruct is doing in the out in the field? Yeah, thanks. So, um, yeah, as you said, Brendan, um, I was with Markham for 14 years, so um, got a good idea of what you're doing in the space. And, yeah, and we uh, branched out um, seven months ago now, um, set up a company called Durastruct. So... Um, the thinking behind it was just to take a an overall a holistic approach to structures, not only increasing the design life or reducing maintenance costs, but also um, using technology and systems out there that can bring the um, structures into the 21st century. So this day and age, with green and clean, there's a lot of emphasis on reducing our carbon footprint, but I think the... Um, most effective way I see of doing that is reducing overall consumption. So if we can take a structure that's maybe reaching more of the end of its traditional design life and then bring it back into the 21st century so it can be repurposed to a modern structure, it's a very effective way of doing that. So that's kind of where we're trying to go as a company. We're fairly new in the market, but um, getting some good traction and yeah, going well. That's good. There's a couple of points there which I'll probably ask you a little bit more about in a moment. But uh, can you tell us what type of projects or what type of structures that you most commonly get involved with? Yeah, so we're focusing on civil infrastructure, whether that be a um, bridge or a wharf or um, tunnel, culvert, water infrastructure, fresh and wastewater. Um, and then some of the commercial structures would be in the car parking space. But I guess it's civil infrastructure was always my interest when I was at Markham, and that's the um, area of the market that I was operating in. Things like um, the small bridge market, it's, there's a huge amount of small bridges for the local governments. And um, I wouldn't say they've been neglected over the years, but they haven't had the maintenance budgets that have needed to um, keep on top of the their portfolio. So it's got away on them a bit. And now with the um, increased um, traffic and heavier loads, they're actually starting to bring in restrictions, which is quite frustrating for the general population. So there's a lot of work to be done in that space just to bring them into the 21st century. and um, But to do that effectively within the council's budgets because uh, 
there's a limit to what they can pass on to the ratepayers, of course. And then there's always the um, marine infrastructure, which is one of the more corrosive environments to try and put concrete structures in. The maintenance costs there have been ongoing and probably been getting a little bit out of hand. So it's a market that needs a hand to um, rein in. Uh, it's probably a, a, um, an area in civil infrastructure that the asset owners and um, consultants are looking for solutions where they can actually cut back on the um, cost cycles and, and make longer-lasting repairs in ways of actually reducing the uh, maintenance costs to keep these structures alive, basically. Yeah. That's kind yeah. of uh, what we're focusing on. Yeah, that's that's good. That's fair enough. I think I remember when you were first going out into this area, you were talking about helping with the the asset owners were getting into shorter and shorter remediation cycles. Is that correct? And you had thoughts around a big picture approach for infrastructure maintenance? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So a lot of it's driven um, the asset owners obviously got to watch their budgets. The traditional way of thinking has been breakout repair, um, do very little to the concrete that's there, um, just break out the area of concern, treat the rebar if you like, and then spray concrete back on. So we've sort of named that the spray and walk away approach. It's kind of a hope and pray. Uh, not a lot of warranties I've offered or anything like that. And then the repair cycles are, yeah, like you say, with the intercepted anode syndrome, what have you, they're only getting shorter and shorter. So we're seeing uh, people spend millions of dollars on the wharf structure only to be back in under 10 years going over the same elements, you know, repairing the same beams, fixing the same columns. So that's an area where there's, with the right approach, with like the Markham's hydrogels, it's sacrificial anodes, just a holistic approach where you can take an overall look, work out a repair method that's actually suited to the environment, and then when, um, we can push out the repair cycles so we can actually skip two or three cycles. So where they may have to come back every 10, 15 years with a, a good selection of products and quality workmanship, you can actually push that out 10, 15 years out to 20, 25. Um, we've had structures go uh, 30 years using some of the methods that we're promoting and um, never had to go back. Obviously, the hydrogels are a big part of that, you know, to arrest the moisture within the concrete. But they're one part of the, the key overall solution, really. They're a big part of halting the corrosion. But unless the um, materials put properly, the reinforcings, looked after maybe carbon fiber added to bring it up to the right weight restrictions you know so they can take the modern day loads that kind of thing so you got to look at the overall structure what it's used for in the modern day and then um yeah we can get basically like i say we can reduce the maintenance costs by about 30 to 40 percent uh, over a life of a structure with an actual very similar outlay. So what um, what we're promoting is no more expensive than the spray and walk away approach. Recent project, we 
quoted, we came in in 10% under the um, the standard hydroblast shockcrete and um, hope and pray. Whereas, you know, we were promoting hydrogels and uh, poor, poor uh, form and poor, good solid repair work and giving them a warranty. And we came in 10% under what that allowed for the other systems. So it's not that they have to spend more. It's just there's better ways of doing things these days. That's interesting. Very interesting. Because as you say, particularly if it's uh, councils and ratepayers are buying the, where the bills are going to. And yeah, maintenance spends seems to be a, a, a real hassle across the board, which I guess is understandable. You, you find that there's a need for new infrastructure, but at the same time, they're trying to keep the old infrastructure going. No, that, that's a very good point. So, I mean, with the growing population, everybody's worried about the overall consumption of the world. And, um, you know, we appear to be uh, going through resources at a rate of knots. It's not sustainable, depending who you listen to. But with the infrastructure that's in place, the best way we can do it, we, we can't afford, you know, as a population, we can barely afford to keep up with the infrastructure required to be able to move through our cities effectively, um, look after the growing population without having to replace the existing infrastructure. So you add the new builds on to having to do uh, knockdown rebuilds of the structures that, uh, quite frankly, it's premature deterioration. Like They're not lasting the design life that they're meant to. So if we can make them stuff that's already standing last well past what they were intended to bring them into a modern day structure to handle the the needs for today we're definitely reducing the consumption required just to keep up with population growth if you like so i think there's a big movement i think more needs to be done about looking after the existing infrastructure we have i think it's a huge huge boon to society really if we can actually extend the life of what we've got and reduce the the need for so much uh, new construction. We'll overall be better off. That's excellent. So it's a it's it, in, in itself a sustainable approach, isn't it? Was you're sustaining the existing, as you say, what we've already got, rather than having to produce new all the time, or in every single situation. Yeah. So, and it's not that the um, the repairs themselves aren't sustainable. So, I mean, you take your hydrogel solution, it's completely VOC-free. So a lot of the Claudia Silica's is derived in that. So um, it's that these options out there that we can repair clean and green as well. So, um, you know, sustainable right through. I know it's, the, um, it's a little bit cliche in 2022, but it's actually a very sustainable approach that we're offering. I think... You know, we can talk about reducing carbon footprint as much as we like, but unless we're reducing consumption and repurposing what we have, we're never going to get ahead of the race, really. Yeah, that's a good point. Very good point. It goes back to the old uh, recycle, reuse and so on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And on a large scale. The other uh, area of infrastructure we're um, quite interested in as a company is the wastewater infrastructure. So we've, um, once again, with local government, 
it's an area that's been quite neglected, so below ground, out of sight. No one's really sticking their head down the sewer pipe to see what's going on too often. It's not that desirable thing to do. But the uh, hydrogen sulfide build-up, which is it's just a part of the wastewater system, is wreaking a lot of havoc on the um, infrastructure you know, beneath our feet. Uh, we've had instances where the, we've dug up to um, repair a, a leak and the entire concrete element has disintegrated and you've just got the... Um, the, the wastewater, if you like, just, just flowing through a cavity in the ground. So we aligned with a company called um, Parklink, where they've actually uh, got a system to reduce the hydrogen sulfide. So it doesn't actually, it's more of a suppressant. So it suppresses it while it's in the pump stations and going through the pipe network and allows it, it basically delays the release. And it released once it gets out into the wastewater ponds where it can't do any damage to the infrastructure. So we've got a two-prong approach going with them where they can install the systems to press the hydrosulfide, but there's also a lot of repairs required to the wastewater system. But once again, it's a, a sustainable approach. It's, it's, it's fixing what's there, but also offering, offering a solution to keep the repairs going, knock the hydrogen sulfide out, out, you know, take it away, take the issue away at the, where, where it's been caused, really. So we're quite excited about that and um, something we're getting, making a little bit of noise about, getting a bit of traction. That's interesting. That's very interesting. I like the, um, as you say, partnering with, uh, did you say Parkling? Parkling, um, yeah, yeah. Suppression principle seems... Very intriguing. Sorry, go on. Yeah, they're, they're a um, family-owned company that just get into wastewater um, systems and, and care for local governments. They do a lot at the um, wastewater retention end, but they've started to go upstream, if you like, and try and work out where the, where the problems are coming from before they hit the actual wastewater facilities. Yeah. That's important that people don't always realise or don't always think about how what the concrete's carrying is actually bad for the for the concrete as such. So uh, when you say wastewater infrastructure, is sewage the main thing, or is it uh, is it wider than that? Yeah, sewage. There's a lot of an industrial waste. So you take your um, your meat packing factories produce a lot of wastewater. They also have the same problem producing a lot of hydrosulfides. So yeah, but predominantly wastewater in the in the freshwater um, market. We've been involved in um, protecting more new structures from day one against saltwater attack. So you get a, a treated water body um, where they've removed what they need to to make it good for human consumption. Is once again detrimental to the concrete because that water's trying to balance itself out. So it's trying to pull what it needs out of the concrete. So your concrete's continually depleting. So it's a surface that needs protecting. You know, people think, oh, a concrete uh, water tank, no issues here. But um, it's actually, concrete as an element actually releases, it gets parts of it depleted as it goes and then sort of an exponential thing. And then all of a sudden you have uh, down, you've lost your cover concrete, you're down to your steel, and away it goes. So, it's more of a proactive approach. So, that's using um, like the hydrogels, occasionally some coatings, 
just to give it a layer of protection when the um keep it good from day one basically yeah yeah excellent yeah it definitely ties into what we try and do of course as you know the whole approach are there other industry segments that you see potential for that you haven't really got into as yet yeah i mean Concrete's everywhere. It's, it's widely used. I guess that's why it's hit the radar so much on the, um, you know, it's carbon impact. I think it's, is it, uh, depending what studies you look at, something like 8% of the world's carbon is through concrete consumption. So it's, it's used everywhere. So there's a lot of, a lot of industries. If we can reduce the amount of concrete that's, not used for this new construction, you know, but I think that's required for their growing population. But if we can waterproof, get in and um, waterproof in situ situations, you know, where there may be a failure, basements, lift pits, that kind of thing, you can do re remedial waterproofing, having to, you know, s save a structure rather than a rebuild. It's, um, it's definitely attractive to us. So yeah, there's, the waterproofing market's definitely one that we're interested in. Uh, we haven't done a lot of it as yet, but it's something that we, we're definitely within our capability and skill set. A lot of our suppliers have got good systems that we can use. So, yeah, it's somewhere where we're wanting to go at some point to, um, yeah, not just civil infrastructure, but help people, um, you know, look after their basements under their apartment buildings or there's a lot of... They're not making any more land, so a lot of people are going down as well as up. So there's a big market for keeping water out of structures. Yes, yeah, absolutely. That's uh, very interesting. And if somebody wants to get in touch with you, what's the, the best avenue? You can you can email me on um, martin.prestige at jurastruck.co.nz. About to find my profile on LinkedIn. We are about to launch a website, which will make it a little bit easier to be found. But a quick Google will bring up my um, LinkedIn profile. Otherwise, all the Markham boys know who I am. Uh, we work closely together. So uh, if you know Markham, um, they know me. Fair enough. Yeah, we'd definitely be happy to pass anyone along the, along the line. Very good. Very much appreciate your time today, Martin. I appreciate having you on board. And I think what you shared's very much relevant to real needs on the ground, so I'm sure our listeners will be paying close attention. Uh, thanks thank for having me along. Uh, it's always you. a pleasure. Good to see you again. Very good. <laughs>